Welcome to the Smeichel Speaks podcast channel. I'm Joanne Smeichel, and I'm delighted that you tuned in for relevant leadership learning that will help you continue to soar. Enjoy this episode. What's your story? What are you telling the world about yourself? This podcast is all about using the power of story to advance your brand, to broaden your sphere of influence, and to enhance your communication. As I start, I want to talk about what sociologists call narrative identity. Doesn't that sound interesting? And it's a really useful concept. It says our identity is formed and continues to evolve based on how we integrate and internalize our experiences. It's not a one-time process. It's not a static process. It continues to emerge as we encounter more and more of life. This narrative identity is how we create the stories of ourselves. It reflects what we believe to be true about who we are. It's sort of a life narrative that pulls the past as we've experienced it and interpreted it, the present as we're perceiving it, and the future as we imagine it all together. So that's the past, the present, and the future. And it's those three things that form our story. Story is a powerful tool. We can use it to communicate who we are, what we do, what we've accomplished, what matters most to us. The most simplified form of a personal story is what they call that elevator pitch, and that's that short little quip you use to let folks know what you do. I want to go deeper on creating personal narratives. When you're talking, you want to make people listen. Um, One of the things that I remember when I started these podcasts, oh, I guess it's been two years now, was friends were honest with me and they told me the first ones were boring and that I didn't reveal enough about myself or my life and that I went on and on and on. So remember that when you're talking, you want to make people listen. And one of the ways that you do that is to share your story. And that's another thing that uh, really close friends said to me about the initial podcasts. They said, Joanne, you're not letting Joanne show up. You're not talking about Joanne and her life and her foibles. So you want to share your story. Now, I'm not saying roll out your entire autobiography. I'm saying that you begin to think about your own story and think about how you can strategically integrate it as appropriate into conversations. And the reason for sharing your story or more of you is so that you can connect. There are also times when you can use your story to convince, to cajole, um, to get things done. So there's more power in your story than you ever imagined. How do you start examining your current narrative about yourself? How do you do that? Well, Yes, you spend time listening to your self-talk, but then you start listening to what you're saying about yourself. Now, I want to give you a concrete example. There's a woman here, her name's Jennifer, and she's a eh, 
probably mid-30s, early 40s, relatively young nonprofit executive, and she was meeting with some funders to ask for money. She did a masterful job telling the story of her organization, its work serving the homeless, its impact, all the awards and, and things that it's gotten. But as the meeting progressed, one of the funders asked her to tell them a little bit about herself. I don't know why, but this caught her completely off guard. She didn't realize how important her story was to the people making this decision. She pulled together a few highlights about when she worked in Albuquerque, caring for the poor, and the fact that she liked cooking. And she might have told them that she has some kids and a husband. She got the funding that she was seeking, but she didn't do much to advance her brand or to make real heart connections. I want to explore how she could have made her story more compelling because her backstory really is compelling. She could have started at the beginning by sharing that she was from a no-name hometown that few people outside of Idaho ever heard of. She could have moved to the fact that she was the first person in her family to graduate from high school and then from college. She could have talked about the fact that a formal education was a foreign concept to her as a kid growing up. It really would have helped if she had told them how she felt working with underserved populations, and that she knew it was part of her divine purpose. You know, when she started talking about working in Albuquerque, she never told them that she was the associate director of a nonprofit that was formed by a collaboration of churches. And she missed the opportunity to tell them about her love of the arts and that she sang in a community choir. You know, all these little tidbits are interesting. And they would have humanized her and made her more than somebody seeking grant money for a worthy organization. Jennifer's story is distinct, it's unique, and it makes her stand out in some subtle ways. Had she told it, the funders would have been better able to connect with her as a person. And that goes a long way in building a network and in getting additional resources. She didn't know this, but she had shared interests with a few of those decision makers. You know, I want to give you a contrast when it comes to storytelling. I mean, telling your own story. There's a woman, her name is Aisha, and she is a master at this. She's a neurologist and she specializes in headache medicine. Someone from one of the pharmaceutical companies reached out and asked her if she'd be interested in giving talks about migraine and drug treatments. In that very first call, Aisha told the rep that she was a lifelong migraine sufferer and knew firsthand the effects of the disorder. She told them about how she's able to empathize with her patients because they share a condition. She told them how migraine impacts her social life and her ability to enjoy sporting events, and other outdoor stuff that she really likes. And she gave him a little of her early history, sharing how her family doctor told her parents that she just had allergies. Another doctor told her parents she'd outgrow the headaches and just keep Tylenol in the house. Aisha was immediately able to make a connection because she was comfortable sharing relevant parts of her story. 
She didn't just talk about how she practices medicine and uses their drugs and sees oh, however many patients and where she did her fellowship. No, she talked about the condition their drug treats and how it impacts her life. And that's what good storytelling does. It creates impact. It opens doors for more discussion. There are so many parts of your story that you can tap and plug in when it's appropriate. Maybe it's a hobby. Maybe it's a passion. Maybe it's research. Maybe it's a publication. Whatever it is, it's a part of your story. And it's something that needs to be shared. I want you to think of the elements of your personal story as distinguishing, defining features that you can use to enhance your conversations. Use the themes and the threads of where you've been to get where you're going. I want to share seven prompts to get you thinking about your personal story, your, your own individual narrative. So there are seven of these. And if, they're, if you're somewhere where you can take notes, just take note of them because I think they're really useful. Number one, start by defining who you are. Define that person that you are in clear terms. Now, if I were to do this, I would say that I'm a successful entrepreneur with deep faith in God and a commitment to service through my work, my profession, and in every other area of my life. Pretty much, that's who I am. Of course, I'm a sister, an aunt, a friend, a pickleball player, a world traveler, an awesome cook. But the essence of who I am is what I put first. The roles and activities, for me, they're secondary. Now, they might be primary for you. Your definition of you is what you say it is. Doesn't have to match mine or anyone else's. Two, I want you to move on. This is number two. I want you to move on to identifying your accomplishments. We all have a lot of accomplishments. But if we don't remind ourselves of them, we, we can't pull them out for discussion when we need them. I advise my clients to review their resumes and their CVs regularly, um, monthly or at least quarterly. This is what helps people remember their accomplishments. It also helps them boost their self-esteem and their self-confidence. Up next is number three. Now it's time to think about your struggles. What are the things that have stymied you or confused you? What are you trying to overcome? What hurdles have you already overcome? Reflecting on these things keeps you humble and they can be useful when you're telling your story. You don't want to dwell on the negative. You want to be real. Sometimes hearing what you're struggling with or what you've overcome can bolster another person. But don't, don't overdo it here, okay? You don't need to overshare. You just want people to know that you're a survivor, that you've evolved, and that you're able to adapt. Number four, where have you developed mastery? This is where you get to let your expertise shine. Don't be afraid to talk about the areas where you really shine, where you rock, where you excel. Now, this is deeper and more specific than the accomplishments that I mentioned in number two. This is really all about where you stand out. This is the few areas where you do it better than anyone else. 
These are the few areas where you know you're best in class. These are the areas where you're the expert and people come to you for advice and for guidance. Number five, to whom are you indebted? Somebody, somewhere helped you get where you are. You know, I hear people talk about, I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. Oh, that's utter nonsense. Somebody helped you. Introduce them in your narrative. Get comfortable talking about who your mentors are and how that mentoring has helped you advance. Think about the people who are your cheerleaders and make them a part of your personal narrative. I talk about my mother a lot because she was and shall forever be my biggest cheerleader. I also talk about George Latier. He was my first mentor in this business. He helped me understand how important it is to build a network and how to do it. He also opened doors for me to my first really big contracts. Sometimes you'll hear me talk about Dr. Kathy Siders. She's another person who helped me understand that I have to value my skills and my expertise enough to charge top dollar for my services. So talk about your influencers when you're telling your story. Number six, you've got to talk about your own influence. What are you doing in your world? How are you contributing to your field? How are you preparing others for success? Getting to the point of talking about your influence requires a deep dive. You're going to have to ask your questions like, am I really influential? How do I exert my influence? What's the impact of my influence? Don't let self-doubt creep in here. Do the deep work to identify your influence. Ask people in your inner circle how your presence is making a difference, a difference in their lives, a difference in your work, your community, in your world, because you do have influence. Number seven is last on my list, and that is get comfortable talking about your aspirations and not just your work aspirations, your personal aspirations too. Okay, I want to play in the beginner's pickleball tournament at the gym. That's important to me. It's one of my aspirations. I've had to push myself to learn the sport and to develop greater athleticism. So playing in that tournament is going to be a confirmation of my efforts. It's going to be a validation. So that, that is an important aspiration in my life. I want a little house in central Florida, a second home, where I can sit on my lanai and read. Just read books. I want to read mysteries, read business books, read articles, read magazines. Everybody's got different aspirations. Define yours. Don't let your dreams go unnoticed. Don't let them be deferred for too long. Don't be embarrassed or ashamed of your aspirations. They're a part of your story, and they add some meat to your story. We all have a story, and we need to get comfortable bringing it with us wherever we go. It's important in our careers, in our service to others, in our lives in general. When you're networking, share your story. When you're interviewing, share your story. When you're working on projects, share your story. When you're having your performance review, share your story. When you're coaching other people, share your story. 
share it, share it, share it. Now, obviously, you're only going to share the elements of your story that are relevant to the situation. A story told out of context is typically construed as bragging or that you're just kind of out of the loop in a conversation. So obviously, what you're going to do is to make sure that your story is brief enough to keep the other person's attention and to make them want to get know, get to know more about you, your experiences, uh, your skills. I want you to think of your story as a tool that you can pull out and use on an as-needed basis. Think of it as the gift you're giving the world. It's your story. Own it. Share it. Thanks for listening to this podcast. I hope you got tools that you'll actually use and share. Subscribe if you haven't already. I add new and relevant leadership learning all of the time. If you haven't visited the Smichael Speaks YouTube channel, check it out. There's all sorts of new content. All of this is virtual leadership learning that will help you soar.